Welcome to Ridiculous Entertainment. My name is Tim, your host. We have a new shout-out to take care of during housekeeping today. It's to the city of Ashburn. Uh, You are the top listener on SoundCloud. Uh, We had four listens from the city of Ashburn last night. So thank you very much, Ashburn. Once again, XAV is still our top listener. Uh, He just keeps going at it. We love you, you son of a bitch. And if you've been listening, you'll have realized that we've put out a flurry of episodes in the last 24 hours. I just had them prepared and hadn't recorded them yet, so I put out the last two yesterday. And this one... Uh, prepared last night, recorded this morning, obviously. So there's not a lot of whole new news. We we are still on Stitcher. Go ahead and you can check us out there if SoundCloud uh, isn't doing it for you. You can also, uh, we are we are trying to get on iTunes. Um, I'm assuming that the pushback is the rating system because if you've listened, there's some swears. There's a couple of dicks at least every episode. And it's not my fault. Watchmen keeps putting dicks or phallic-shaped items in each one of their episodes, so I have to say the word dick. I also say it for other reasons. It's a good word to describe a human being who's misbehaving, so I, I don't think it's my fault. But here we go into this week's episode. This week we are covering Season 1, Episode 4 of Watchmen. So we're going to try and do a few more Easter eggs as we go through a few more things missed, things like that, just to kind of round it out. Um, maybe make the show a little bit longer and to add a little bit more content. So we go to this farm where this chick is trying to sell eggs. So, you know, that's cool. But uh, she's reading a, a novel, which is a throwback to the comics. It's called Fog Dancing. In the book, it's written by, or in the comic books, it's written by Max Shea. Um, there's a song playing in the background. It's Kenny Rogers' Island in the Stream featuring Dolly Parton. And while the song is playing, they're getting all tucked into bed, getting all cozy, lovey-dovey, maybe a little nookie-nookie, good times. But there's a knock at the door, which interrupts good times. And uh, who is it? But it's Lady True. I think that's how you say that name. Uh, Lady True is a historical figure. Watchmen takes a lot from history and makes it its own. She is in real life called uh, the Vietnamese Joan of Arc, so that's fun. Lady True kind of shows up and says, hey guys, I need your land. It's good land. I like your land. It's pretty nice. Uh, It's flat. It's close to the giant tower that I'm building that will... Uh, be able to send uh, shit everywhere, send some knowledge around the universe if I so choose. And they're like, you know what, uh, little lady, fuck off. We don't, we don't want you to uh, have our land. We like our land. It's pretty dope. It's not for sale. Then she's like, oh wait, but I have this burden to bestow upon you. She brings in a kid. She has all this personal information. On them. She knows that they want children, uh, but still, for me, somebody brings you a kid. Uh, not only am I saying fuck no to their proposal, but I'm running away as fast as I can because that's terrifying. Just, oh, hey, by the way, you have a child. That being said, she also states that uh, she's going to give him $5 million, so that that helps. This seems like a really fair offer. If you want a child, you know, I, I don't imagine that adopting is an easy process. It's probably not cheap either. I imagine that is a system rife with controversy and with just scandals left, right, and center. That's just kind of what I think. But of course they agree. They want the kid. They want $5 million. And plus farming, it's not that much fun. You know, you work your ass 16 hours a day to make minimum wage. Why are you doing that, farmer? Minutes later, we, we walk out on the patio and she sees a meteor fall to earth. And she says that's mine. I kind of think it's Manhattan related. It could also be Ozymandias related because later we find that later we find that he's hurling bodies with a catapult from wherever the fuck he is. And if he's on the moon, you know, you might be able to reach the Earth with a dope-ass catapult and uh, a really heavy, dense human body in this world. Who knows? 
don't at me if it's not scientifically possible. I'm just saying in the world that Watchmen takes place in, maybe it is. So after that, we go and uh, we see Angela. Angela is finally getting back to her bakery. She left it a mess for days. I bet she was feeling terrible. I know I would have. That place is my baby, my bread and butter, and I left it a mess. Rotten eggs on the counter, shit everywhere, handcuffs up out. I would have felt quite poorly. Uh, but after that, she gets a call from... Uh, the Ancestry place, the Ancestry uh, Foundation or whatever. They're like, hey, we have this new information regarding your family tree. So she goes to the family tree place. Now, she could have just waited a few hours and conducted her investigation when the place was open. But she decided to be, you guessed it, a dick. She breaks in and unnecessarily crashing through the glass. And it just makes me wonder, you know, why, why, why is she sneaking around? Does she really think that a government building, even in whatever bullshit era this is, doesn't have a security system. There's no cameras in place. Nobody's going to see that little lady Knight was doing an inspection of her own in the middle of the night. She is kind of an idiot. That being said, she goes to the kiosk in the back that told her that her really old grandfather was in a wheelchair and murdered Don Johnson. Uh, the kiosk produce, produces an acorn. The acorn tells... The acorn's encoded. It's pretty cool. It's uh, an item that you put into a cylindrical tube, and it uh, will tell you your family tree. It basically grows. It's It's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, she's walking through this place, this ancestry place that explains the horrors of that incident back in the 20s where the, the, the people were slaughtered, the African-American people were slaughtered. And, uh, there's just a hologram that jumps up out of nowhere, and it's a clan member. If you were an African-American person just walking around, minding your own business, having a good time, and BOOM! Out of nowhere, a clans member just pops up, hood and all, with a fucking torch. Would that terrify you? It would terrify me. You know, it's like, for me, if, if, uh, for me, it would be like, you know, if my, a hologram of my mother popped up and said, you're wasting your life, Tim, you've done nothing with your time. So she gets done with the ancestry place. She finds out that who her grandparents were, you know, we already knew they were the people from, uh, the attack. You know, they, they put the, the kid in the, in the, in the carriage. And, uh, and, he, and he went away with them. Everybody died but him. And, and the baby on the carriage. We still don't know who the baby is. I imagine that will come up. That will come up. Um, I think it was an African-American baby, or else I'd say there's a possibility it was Lady True. But, but who knows at this point? We're leaving the Ancestry place, and we, we hear a, a crash. Glass goes everywhere. We hear this crash from the sky. And what is it but Angela's car that got stolen two episodes ago? Uh, it just falls out of the sky. There's no explanation as to how yet or why yet. It just crashes from the sky. Then she goes into the glove box and there's a bottle of pills. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of theories about what the pills are. My guess is they're the source of Hooded Justice's long life and extreme strength. But that's just uh, my guess. Because my thought would be that he's had them for a long time. And that's just been the source of his power the whole time. Because this doesn't seem to be... A world in which true supervillainy exists, it's true superhuman strength exists. It seems like a normalized world uh, that just had a god dropped into it. You know, if God in the form of Dr. Manhattan hadn't been dropped into it, would this just be a normal world, just like the one that we have now? So we go back to the home of Angela Ibar and her husband and her three kids. I was wrong. Okay, I said there was two kids, there's really three kids. I assume me, I don't like children. Whatever. But they're having breakfast, good old-fashioned family breakfast. Uh, there's a disagreement amongst the children about where uh, Don Johnson has gone. You know, everybody knows that if there is a heaven or hell, Don Johnson is going to hell. Because he's a drug addict, he's a racist, and he's been covering this up for years. If you're open and honest about being a drug addict and a racist, maybe, maybe Don Johnson gets into heaven. But no, he's been lying about it. Fuck him. That being said... Uh, the explanation given in this show 
in regards to heaven, hell, and life uh, from an adult man to his three children is great. I've, I've never heard of, of people just being this honest um, or that, but I guess if you're an atheist, be an atheist, you know. Uh, it tells him basically that before uh, Don Johnson was born, he was nowhere, and now he's nowhere again. It's beautiful. And next we got a looking glass. He lives in a bunker. Does that really surprise anybody? He's a world-class weirdo. They discuss how he's a world-class weirdo in this episode because he's an oddity, to be sure. He's been analyzing squid fall over the last few years, and uh, I was wrong. I assumed that they were falling every other day, but uh, what he has stated here is they haven't fallen in the last few weeks, which is good for the squid, where do they go, uh, debate and problem. You know, that allows more time for cleanup. I imagine you could have uh, prison inmates go out and take care of the, the squids. So. so Angela basically goes to Looking Glass's house to ask him to analyze a jar full of pills, the jar full of pills that her grandfather gave her. And, you know, I'm just, you know, he's kind of uh, hesitant to help it's nice to see him out of the mask in his own home, though, you know, that that wasn't the case the last time we saw him in his own home, so it's good to see him out of the mask. Also, Angela's not in her mask either, so it goes along well with the secret identity. After after leaving Looking Glass's home, Angela gets a bag full of shit that she doesn't want found and dumps it on a train, and she turns around, and there is a silver-wearing weirdo standing behind her, just kind of staring at her. Uh, I don't know what his story is or where he comes up in the comics, I'm sure he's a comic reference, uh, but he pours lube on himself uh, while he runs away to slide down a sewer grate. So more to come from this lube-wearing weirdo, I'm sure. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's Looking Glass or a Looking Glass relation of some kind uh, or a Looking Glass fanboy because he was wearing a silver reflective suit. It's not quite as shiny as Looking Glass's face, but, you know. After the lube man, uh, she collects some evidence from the lube man and goes to the precinct. Well, upon getting off the elevator of the precinct, she runs into Senator Joe Keen, my favorite senator, Joe Keen. I just think it's odd that he put the DOPA Act in place to hide the identities of the cops, and then he refuses to call them by their call signs. He sees their secret identities as jokes, I think, because he's just throwing their names around. And he's got two Secret Service members with him, and... If we know one thing about comic books, just movies in general, is the police are usually corrupt. You know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist man, but in, in these worlds, the police are usually corrupt, especially a DC world. After leaving Joe Keen, she goes to Big Red Asshole and Pirate Jenny and is like, hey, Big Red Asshole, Pirate Jenny, what, what's going on with this belt of lube that I've collected from Lube Man? And they're like, hey, fuck off, go talk to uh go talk to the new boss well who's the new boss you say it is it's silk specter too so that's nice she just kicks all the don johnson stuff out of his office and takes over now i'm not a don johnson fan i kind of wish there was a hell so he would rot in it but it is what it is there's still a period of grieving for the people that he loves why are you just going to invade his home like that? But she does bring good news to Angela. Uh, you know, she finds out who stole the car. And of course, Angela knew who stole the car. She just didn't know who stole the person who was in the car. Um, basically, Silk Spectre 2 finds evidence of a 100-year-old ex-cop, Will Reeves, in the car. Now, we know that is Angela's grandfather. We know that is Hooded Justice. And Angela does as well. Well, she doesn't know that it's Hooded Justice. And it's not confirmed that it's Hooded Justice, but come on. The man was in a wheelchair with similar colors to Hooded Justice, but it was, it was a fancy garment. You know, he was wearing a suit and a nice shirt. 
but he had a hood hanging out of the back. He's the fucking hooded justice. Now, they got a Lady True's giant watch in the sky, basically, and uh, they find out how Angela's car was stolen because Lady True has flying magnet planes. And they are cool, but they're also specifically designed for car theft. Once she's done with them, they could be sold for people wanting to make Grand Theft Auto in a big way. Gone in 60 seconds, uh, you can steal all of those cars in a night, no problem. Just don't do it next to a military base where there are Black Hawk helicopters, or else you're likely to be fucked. Now, they go up, they're, they're in the watch, the big watch, and they go up and they, and they talk to Lady True. Well, there's back and forth, there's banter, and somehow Lady True knows that Angela is from Vietnam. So she spits some Vietnamese at her, and uh, she's like, this is an old uh, proverb of Vietnam. And, and uh, of course it's not. She's just assuming that Silk Spectre 2 does not speak Vietnamese, which my guess would be how these shows go. She absolutely fucking does. Now, of course, Angela speaks Vietnamese, so she goes in and says, hey, tell that old fucker that if he wants to tell me shit, he can tell me himself. So... You know, she calls her grandfather a fucker. I would have, I never really knew my grandfather. If I knew him, I probably would not have called him a fucker. That is just my own truth. Uh, you can be disrespectful to anyone if you want. You know, I am very open to the word fucker. I like calling people a fucker. I think it's quite classic. Now, after the Vietnamese conversation, Silk Spectre 2 goes up to a statue of Adrian Veidt, and she notices that Adrian Veidt has been aging. He's older now. I suspect this is probably a reflection of where he is. Uh, you know, the statue probably aged as he aged, just so she had a constant reminder of where he was and how she got to where she is. Now, this is beginning to point to that Lady True is holding Adrian Veidt, that she's holding Ozymandias. Now, there's evidence later on in the show that he might be on the moon, but I, I'm, I'm not on board that theory yet. Uh, but he might be, who knows. Now we go to Ozymandias. We're, not, we're still not sure where he is. I am convinced that Lady True is the captor. But we go to Ozymandias, and he's living in his sick little life, doing his sick fuck things. And uh, what's he doing? But he's catching fetuses in a, lo in a lobster cage. What kind of world uh, has his fetuses growing on the bottom of a lake? This one, obviously. But he brings up the lobster cage, and he catches the fetuses. And what does he do? He picks through them and throws the shit ones back. He wants one boy, one girl, and I don't want the shit ones, he says. Now, he takes the good ones back to his castle, and he puts them in what seems to be a very large microwave. And uh, this seems to speed up their growth. He pushes the five-minute uh, auto-start button, goes and sits down and enjoys his day. Now, while they are growing speedily, uh, they are crying the whole fucking time, which is annoying, let me tell you. But as they grow, they become more mature, and they begin to sound like screams which is very sad, but also funny because they're clones. Now, once again, you know, we have a dick sighting. They are both naked, so we have a dick sighting, and we have our first titty sighting, which is exciting for some. Uh, they're, they're not very visible titties, and, and it's a, there's a bush, too. It's not a very visible bush, but they are there, so go teenagers. So he takes the new clones into a ballroom, the ballroom in which he gets sung happy birthday to and eating the, the honey cake and, and all that shit, and uh, takes him to the ballroom, and it's revealed that he has massacred at least 20 clones. It doesn't seem like he's using artillery in any way. He's just slicing them up with a knife. Like he's had a bad day and all he wants to do is cut up some other fuckers. You know, we've all had that, man. You just can't go going about doing it. It's not okay to just slice through your people. You know, if you were smarter, you'd have like an army of the motherfuckers. And if I'm honest... He picks up the horseshoe and starts playing with it. I think that the massacre was horseshoe related. If it were me, the massacre would have definitely been horseshoe related. Now we go outside. They brought the corpses out by a giant catapult. Now, what do they do with the giant catapult? They're launching the corpses into the sky. Now, the sky appears to be like a digital a dome. If, if you want like an image, think 
the Hunger Games. Uh, but instead of hitting the digital dome roof uh, and crashing back down, they fly straight through it. So my suspicion is that they are on a planet. I believe that he's on Mars. Uh, that is still my thought. But he could be on the moon. But just because they told us he's on the moon makes me think that he's not on the moon. Now we go back to Angela. And Angela is hanging out with her husband. And she tries to pick a fight with him by ruining a book that he's reading. First off, I hate that. You know, if I'm going to watch a movie or something, I like to do it on the Thursday release. Because I hate when people ruin movies for me. And guess what? Reading a book takes a lot more time, at least for me, than watching a movie. You can't read a substantial novel in, in uh, the amount of time it takes to watch a movie, 90 minutes or whatever. At least I can't. That being said, the husband is a whiny bitch, not because she ruined the book for him, but because but because he says, I hate lying. Uh, nobody cares, dude. You live in a Watchmen world. Get used to lying, okay? And they have this conversation, and there's a new mystery box that gets opened about the husband's accident. Uh, we're going to see how important this is. It could be nothing. It could be just something that they threw in there, or he might be a clone. We're not really sure as of right now. now speaking of clones, we go to Lady True's giant watch, and uh, her daughter is hooked up to an IV that says True, that, uh, and it's pretty clear that she is a clone. Now, she's having a nightmare, and immediately she goes, wakes up from the nightmare, and runs to... Her mom. Now, what I think is happening is she's rem remembering Lady True's memories from Vietnam when she was Vietnam's Joan of Arc. I can't confirm that, but it's what I believe to be true. Now, she's interrupted a conversation between Hooded Justice and Lady True, uh, and so Lady True just says, fuck off. No, I don't care about your problems. Fuck off. Because uh. Lady True is having a conversation with Hooded Justice, so uh, they're talking, banter, 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 talk, talk, talk. Hooded Justice says, my feet are fine. It stands up. He's not able to walk. He has no problem with the fact that he had he was a cripple two days ago. Now the motherfucker can walk. And it's got to be pill-related, clone juice-related. Maybe he's getting some kind of therapy, some gene therapy. Because Lady True, the historical figure, was from 1,800 years ago, roughly. So she's probably needed some help to live that long. My thought is that there's likely to be some gene therapy or some stem cell research or some magic blue pills that have kept them lively all these years. Hooded Justice and Lady True, they're discussing some kind of plot. And at the end of the conversation, uh, Hooded Justice starts doing the TikTok thing. TikTok, TikTok. So uh, is he 7th Cavalry? Is that what we think? Uh, it doesn't seem that he is. You know, historically, he's been a, a, a hero. He's been a minute man. Age can change your priorities. So he might be. Also, he wanted a bit of vengeance against uh, the people of this town for what they did to his parents. So he could be 7th Cavalry, and the 7th Cavalry could be a hoax. Because in the beginning of the show, they talk about how the 7th Cavalry was put down. Uh, they went away, but now they've come back out of the blue. So they might just be a hoax. And on a final note, you know, they turn around, look up, and in the background, there is another magnet plane flying around with what looks like another car. Uh, it might not have another car. It might just be a magnet plane. But generally speaking, if there's something in these shows, it means something. So that's all I have for this episode. Uh, I apologize for being a little bit slower paced. Uh, it is 4.31 in the morning Colorado time. So we're going a little slow this morning. I, I fucked up last night. I didn't record the episode. So I couldn't watch it a second time to write down all my notes. I like to watch it twice. You know, the first time is just for my enjoyment as a fan. And the second time is for, for notes on the show. So I do apologize. Uh, that being said, you know, I mean, I think that there's some stuff to like about this. There's not very much Manhattan related topics in this, uh, but I really like the Ozymandias stuff. Uh, so what did you like in this episode? Where do you think Ozzy is? Do you think he's on Mars? Do you think he's on the moon? Or do you think he's uh, in the giant watch thing? Uh, could also be on a farm. 
Maybe she's bought another farm in Oklahoma, and that's where Ozzy is. Seems like he's off-world, though, because the catapult is launching missile strikes on Earth, which seems to point that he's on the moon. I don't know. If you're having fun with the show, you should uh, like, subscribe, bell icon, leave a review, share, all the things that are relevant to whatever platform you're listening to this on. You should tell a friend. He probably won't like this episode unless he's big into Watchmen. Uh, hopefully we're... We're out pretty early today. You know, I'm sure people stayed up last night and did one last night, uh, but hopefully we're we're out pretty early. Uh, we get a good start on, on the day. Tell them to listen to us first. They can listen to better ones later. And with that, this has been Ridiculous Entertainment.